Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Social Work Radio with me, your host, Vince Piat. Once again, and always, we are joined by Tilly Baden. Tilly, my friend, how the devil are you? How have things been since you were last aboard the good ship SWR? Well, I think the first thing that we need to say is Happy New Year, everyone. Um, we, we've made it. We've made it through 2023 and it is now 2024. And we are here to do our podcast where we're looking back on 2023 and looking forward to the year ahead. Um, but yeah, things have been good. It's been a good Christmas um, and New Year. I have been working a fair ooh, amount ooh. over the do Christmas period. Do I not period. like to hear that? Do I not oh, like to hear that? But... But you'll be very pleased to hear I am now firmly, well, almost in holiday mode. By the time Excellent. this podcast goes out, I will be on holiday um, and I'm off to Egypt for a week. So I am really, really excited. So I don't care the fact that I worked Christmas and New Year. I am fully on board with that. Happy to do it if it means that I can go and have a nice holiday in the sun uh, at the beginning of January. Uh, do you know what? That's a very fair way of putting it because we put we can put pressure on ourselves, can't we, to sort of conform to societal standards? Well, it's Christmas, so you must have time off. But in terms of our bodies and our minds, do we really know whether it's Christmas or whether it's a couple of weeks after? And you know what? What would be more relaxing? You know, trying to eke out some time off over Christmas. Uh, sitting at home with your family, eating too much and watching Christmas telly, or actually being out there in Egypt for a week. I'm not so sure. I think Egypt probably wins on that front. Yeah, definitely. Although I still did eat a gigantic <laughs> amount over Christmas. So. Best, best of both worlds. <laughs> best of both worlds. There we go. Um, but I'm sure about to do a, a desert horse ride for a week. Uh, we'll get rid of all the calories and extra weight because I will desert be horse fight. Is that like a fancy name for camel, a desert horse? No, it's an actual horse. It's not a camel. Yeah. If it was a camel trip, I'd be well, I'd be excited. I have ridden a camel before, but um, no, they are they're horses. And we get to ride through the pyramids. We're going oh, wow. swimming in the black, uh, in the, not the black sea, the red sea with the horses going near the Nile. It's I'm oh so God. excited. This, oh, it's this, holiday of a lifetime. This definitely sounds better than Christmas. This definitely yeah. <laughs> sounds a lot better than Christmas. Good idea. He was me ready to say, "Oh, you've worked over Christmas," but actually, you know, you know, he, she who laughs last laughs loudest, especially when she's on a desert horse. Exactly. Yep. So I can't complain at all. But how's your Christmas and New Year been? Been up to anything exciting? <laughs> wow. Well, I've had an adventure. Uh, <laughs> say no more. Um, Christmas has been really good. Christmas has been good. It's been it's been really good. I've had a, honestly, I've had a really really lovely time. Um, this was a unique Christmas for me. It was a Christmas where I spent time alone. I spent Christmas Eve alone. I spent New Year's Eve alone. And I, I've got to be honest, I always feared that. I was greatly greatly feared being alone. Um, I don't know whether it's because my dad was a single parent or kind of my parents separated. I'm not sure what it was, but I kind of always greatly feared being alone. But you know what, Tilly? It's not so bad. Being by yourself and having that downtime and just allowing yourself to relax and not needing to fill your time with activity and people and a constant drive to stave away the emptiness. It's not bad at all. Yeah, I usually, I usually end. I usually end on a very deep and deep note, but I've started on one today, haven't I? Maybe twenty twenty four. You know, new me. Let's let's do it the other way around. Let's end on positive and begin begin with a bit of introspective thought. 
But no, it was good. That's my way of saying it was good. It was all right. Good, good. So yeah, we've got an exciting show. If you want to tell the listeners a bit more. Well, you're taking charge here. Well, wow. I know. Um, sorry, I, just, okay. I stepped into your shoes. Yeah, this is good. Um, well, you've, you've 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 pulled me back from the existential crisis I was at risk of having there. Thank you, thank you. you yeah, back you, on track. Come on. You have, you, do you know? Do you know what's brought me back on track, my friend? Do you know what's brought me back on track? Me. Yeah, you challenged my ego. You challenged. No, hang on. Oh. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> hang on. That's my job. That's I'm my redundant. job. Let's get back in the game. So well done. So you've kickstarted me into action. Well, listeners, uh, the captain's back now. Uh, well, listeners, uh, on this week's show, we are going to review 2023. We're going to have a look at six top stories that we covered over at mysocialworknews.com, the majority of which you'll also have heard on the podcast if you've been a long time listener. But we're going to start by just talking a little bit about what the past year was like for us. So Telly, let's talk about professionally. How has this last year been for you professionally? How how has January through to the end of December 2023 served you in terms of your profession as a social worker? Do you know what? It's been really good. I've been really lucky this this year. Um, I've had quite a stable time within my team and I've just had that chance to really thrive and develop some of the policies that we we've had in place um and just I felt quite settled this year um in my job and I suppose that's that's going to happen when you're in a kind of a stable job and you reach the point where you're you're happy with the level that you're at um but yeah my independent business is going well as well so because as many of our listeners will know I I work full-time and then do some independent work on the side and do some stuff with social work news and social work radio as well. Um, so it's all been really positive, to be honest. Um, and it's paying for things like my extravagant holiday to Egypt. So I really can't complain. Um, yeah, it's been a good year. How's yours been? Really good. It's been really good. Um, like you, it's, well, it's, it's, well, that's going to say like you, my independent works kind of, uh, taken off but unlike you i um i made the switch and just went full-time into independent social work for a period i was balancing being an assistant team manager in a local authority with independent social work but i i worried that i wasn't given my full self to either um you straddle those two very well indeed and i admire you for it till you do it excellently well and i wish i could do that as well as you but uh I couldn't. I'm kind of, as you know, Tilly, I'm kind of an all or nothing guy. When I'm in, I'm all in. I need to be fully into something. I need to get inside it. I need to take a peek. I need to really be in there like a peeping Tom of life. That's what I'm like. I need to see what's going on. I need to be really into it. Um, and I, I found that I wasn't fully invested in either. I did well and I almost got good feedback, but I knew I could be better. So I made the leap. It was it was fear that was holding me back. Um, you know, when you've got children, when you've got a mortgage, when you've got commitments, it's difficult to, you know, step away from that local authority consistent weekly paycheck. But I did, and I backed myself. I burnt those ships, and I thought, there's no going back, and I've got to try. I say there's no going back. There is. There's plenty of jobs out there, let's be honest. <laughs> sounds a bit more grandiose saying there's no going yeah. back. With with yeah. the 20% vacancy rate in, in LinkedIn uh, emails every single day from recruiters desperate to get me back into frontline social work, 
pretty sure there is going back. But but, but go with me on this one, Tilly. Yeah, let's yeah, pretend yeah, that I've made a, a, a crazy wild leap into the unknown and I can't always get the job back. But actually, to, to be honest, that was kind of the appeal. I knew that I could always go back. Um, the nine to five is always there. The nine to five is always there. If you're a good social worker and you're committed, the nine to five is always there. And I'm not, you know, I did that for 10 years. I am not criticizing that. I might very well go back to it, but I'm very, very grateful. The opportunities that I had with independent work and the opportunities that I've got via social work radio and social work news meant that I could try that out. I could just take a bit of a leap with my profession and I could, I felt like I could specialize because you know, I've been a manager. I've been an assistant team manager. I've been senior social worker. I've been a signs of safety specialist who was kind of parachuted in to help embed that model in a local authority down south, which would be up north for you, Tilly, but it's down south for me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the thing. It's like any, anywhere's down south for me up here in Newcastle. And I've been a guardian. Um, obviously, I've done a lot of things in terms of writing and I've written a book. I've done the podcast and I've been very, very grateful to have several national media appearances. I've done a lot, but I kind of felt I was spreading myself quite thin amongst a lot of little things, a lot of different little things. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to really commit to just my assessment skills. And that's the benefit of independent social work. You specialize in assessments and that's it. So it's been a good year. It's been a year where I've specialized. It's been a year where, strange to say, after over a decade in social work, but it feels like I've really sort of started to find my niche. After 10 years, it's taken me 10 years to find out what I want to do. But thank God I have, because it, it took me, you know, 40 years to find out. 40 years, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I really know what I want to do now. So it's been a very good year professionally. Excellent. Oh, that's really good to hear. Right. Let's uh, let's uh, cross the other side of the, the work-life balance. Work's been good. How's life been? Uh, life's been a bit up and down this year, I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah, it's particularly in the middle of the year, it was a bit of um, a hard time for me. But to be honest, I'm ending the year on a positive note. Um, I've made quite a lot of life changes this year. I've really been focusing on my health, um, gone back to the gym, eating healthily. Um, I'm more like physically fitter than I think I've probably ever been before. Um, and I'm, I've been on some amazing holidays with a lot more to come. So um, I'm ending 2023 and, and moving into 2024 in a really good place. Definitely, I certainly you'll certainly be in a good place in a couple of days' time when you're on that. Uh, I was going to say seahorse. You have, <laughs> I'm not definitely a sea be in a good place. No. You're on a seahorse <laughs> when you're on the desert horse by the sea, not the seahorse by the desert. But yeah, yeah. Um, you are you that are in a good place. Painful, I think. <laughs> no, you are in a good place, Tilly. And you know, you know, I've um, I've known you a long time. I I don't think I've ever known you as carefree as you are now. No, that's probably very true. I don't think I ever have been as carefree as I am now. Um, um, yeah, I'm just prioritising myself for the first time it. probably ever. And that's so. the key. And you've, you've got a window of opportunity. You know, you you work you work damn hard indeed. You certainly work hard. I mean, obviously, put up with me on this podcast on it's hard work in <laughs> itself. You know, I certainly put you to the test. But no, um, you know, I think... All of those of us who who know you and care for you see that too. You know, you, you you do well. And I'm sure all our listeners, especially those who've known you for years and years when I used to uh you know, when I used to have you have your life on those uh on the podcast that went by a different name that we don't talk about. Um 
Yeah, people people will have known, you know, just the changes you've made, Tilly. And as you as you know, as you enter your thirtieth year, thirty first year technically, as you become thirty, um, you're in a good place. I am. Thank you. Um, I would ask how yours has been. I know yours has probably been more um, <laughs> turbulent, potentially. Yeah, to <laughs> um, say the least. To say the yes. least. But look, this this was a difficult year for me, um, as I've kind of hinted at, and you know. Um, People who know me um, well enough, you know, will know this already, but I'm going to share with our listeners. Um, I separated from my wife um, in April of 2023. It was a shock to me. It, I didn't see it coming. She just announced it. She just told me that she wanted to end our marriage, that it wasn't working for her. I wasn't given any warning. I wasn't given any opportunity to change things that she said I should have changed. And ultimately, the reason that I was given boiled down to the fact that I was just a bit too boring, that I no longer liked going out partying and drinking, that we had very different things in common, and that me... Look, I don't want to criticise my wife. You know, she, she's an amazing mother. We spent 13 years together. She's blessed me with two children that I adore, so there's no criticism here, but i am just got to tell it as it is, Tilly. Um, her view was that me pointing out that her spending a lot of time out away from the family home partying with friends was a problem for her. Um, and that was difficult for, for her to take because she still wanted to go out and sort of live that lifestyle when you're going out drinking and partying on weekends. Whereas for me, Tilly, my focus was on work um, and my children and the family. Now, to my detriment at times, I accept that sometimes I should maybe spend more time focusing on myself. But it was it was a shock, Tilly. As you know, I shared that news with you at mm-hmm. the time, and um, it was a shock for me. So it was kind of, this year's really about been, well, the past year, I should say, 2023 has kind of been about, well, what does life look like when the rug's pulled beneath your feet? How do you rebuild yourself when everything you took for certain and for granted is no longer there? And, you know, I I always promised myself that um, I wouldn't let my children go through what I went through. I grew up in abject poverty. I grew up witnessing domestic violence between my parents. My parents separated when I was five years old. Um, My mum then abandoned me and I had to go back and live with my dad. My mum gave me two days notice that I was going to live with my dad and then I went to live with my dad again and then didn't hear from my mum. Me and dad went to look for mum. She wasn't there. So, you know, she'd gone. I just had lost my mum again. And it was very, very difficult for me. So because of that, I always made myself promise that, you know, my kids won't go through that. And then to learn that my kids now, I have had to have separated parents. It's been a very, very difficult eight months for me, but I've been very, very lucky that I've had the support of people like you in my life and others in my life, you know, my best friend, my new girlfriend, you know, our boss here at Social Work News, Nick, and my family I've got closer to. So I've been very, very lucky that, I kind of always saw myself as a bit of a lone wolf who didn't need no help, but actually when I've needed help, it's been there. What, what does what what does Dumbledore tell Harry about Hogwarts? What does he tell him? Help will always be there for those who, well, initially ask for it and but then, then deserve, deserve it. it. Yeah, 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 and then deserve <laughs> it. And I've realised that that help is there if you ask for it. So yeah. It's been a it's been an interesting year, but you know, and I turned forty as well. And amongst this, also had the the existential crisis. Of, oh my god, I'm forty. 
and I'm now getting a divorce. Where do I go from here? But I haven't gone down the bachelor boy route. I'm not sat here drinking and eating pizza and gambling. I'm not on the dating websites. I have uh, tried to go down a more wholesome route. So, yeah. Um, there we go, listeners. There's a big revelation for you. So if you stayed this far into the podcast, you've got a bit of a secret there. Well done. It's not a secret. You know what I mean? People know, but um, I've kind of hinted at it in the podcast. So, there we go. Right. Let's move on. Surprisingly, you're going to hear words that you maybe never heard from me ever again. So, make the most of this, Tilly. It's not all about me. Let's move on to the story. Oh. You ready for this? <laughs> I, I will cherish that. those words. Yeah. yeah. Good job remember it's recorded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can play that back. Next time I'm going off on one and trying to dominate a conversation, just play that back. It's not all about me. I'll be like, yeah, fair enough. You've played the reverse Jenga there, reverse Uno. Well done. So, listeners, we're just going to have a whistle top store, a whistle top store, a whistle stop tour. <laughs> A whistle top store. That would be like that would be like a shop if you wanted a top for a whistle, wouldn't it? Oh, my whistle's broken. You know where you need to go? You need to go to the whistle top store. No, no, our whistles aren't broken. Um, we are going on a whistle stop tour of the most popular stories of the year. Most of you guys will have probably heard about these or read at them over at mysocialnews.com. But let's take a look at what I've selected as the six most important stories of the year. The first one, Tilly, I'm going to take you back to a different time in January 2023, some uh, 12 months ago. And a story came out. It isn't a good one. A story came out of two men who were jailed for um, a targeted campaign of harassment against Hastings Social Services. Jamie Wilder, age 30, and Finley Kudjo, both 20, carried out multiple attacks on the homes of vehicles of social workers between June 2021 and January 2022. They smashed windows and, in one case, set a car on fire. Um, one of them was sentenced to life in prison, uh, and the other was sentenced to four and a half years in prison. So I wanted to pick up on this story firstly because it was very widely read. It was very popular. Maybe not popular is the right word. Popular implies that it was good, doesn't it? It was, uh, you know, it was well read. It was, uh, you know, a lot of people were interested in this one. And secondly, Tilly, this highlights the danger that we're at in social work that some people will target us and harass us to the extent where our cars could be set on fires and our windows could be bricked or Let's be straight here. Worse, you know, we've had stories of social workers being murdered this year again. Yeah, it wasn't a great way to start 2023 in terms no. of social work news stories, was it? It was. No. It's abhorrent what they've done. Um, and I'm glad that they have got some form of, of justice, although that never takes away from the fear and the, the chaos that they caused through their behaviour um, when perhaps they probably should have been better Caref well, should have been caring for their children, or because I presume it's a children's services case. Unfortunately, be. these they, these yeah. always are, aren't they? But yeah, if they'd be. have spent um, nearly a, a fraction of the effort that they spent in harassing social workers who were there to help their, the lives of their children and try and help them as a family, and then compared to what they've actually did, then they very clearly aren't getting their children back now, are they? So that wasn't a very sensible decision for them. I always feel a bit torn on these stories because, you know, having worked in child protection and social work for almost 11 years now, I genuinely do empathise with the struggles of the parents that we work with. You know, most of the time, in fact, almost all the time, you know, there's always a reason, you know, 
it's very, very rare that parents just intentionally do heinous things. If you have a look at a parent's history, you can almost always find abuse, neglect, and trauma in their own childhood. You can then generally add other issues in relation to them being the victims of domestic abuse, having mental health problems, having drug and alcohol addictions, experiencing poverty and oppression in their personal lives as adults. There's generally always a reason. And I can excuse venting, I can excuse anger, I can even excuse maybe a door being slammed in my face. That's a moment of frustration born out of a lifetime of difficulty. This, a targeted campaign of harassment, this is nothing more than petty vengeance. It's a gangster-like mentality and it's absolutely abhorrent. I bet I wish you would I wish you would have judged there. You, you wouldn't have had a minimum term of eight years, would you? You would have been life with a minimum of 30. Life means life. Would you have given him that to him? <laughs> well, unfortunately, my powers of a magistrate don't. Oh, but if you were a judge, if you were, you <laughs> would have loved were, it. But if I were, then absolutely they'd both Hammer have that life throw away the key. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> oh, excellent. Me said excellent there. I can already hear the 2000 social justice emails coming through saying, how dare oh, no. you? How dare you, Vince? That was, you know, you know, hey, I'll deal with it. Send them my way. Um, our next story from the following month, February the 16th, 2023, we published this story over at mysocialworknews.com. We did a few stories about Audi fans actually this year, but I've just picked up on this one. And this was the social worker, Elise Parker, who quit her job to become an Audi fan star. Not only she quit her job to become an Audi fan star, it's almost as if she's advocating this and suggesting other social workers do the same. I've got to be honest, when she sets it out, Tilly, it is kind of tempting. I'm just going to give you these figures. As a social worker, she was earning 30 grand a year. Now, selling what she refers to, and I apologize, listeners, if you're listening in the car, stop right now. Or don't, well, if you've got, don't stop right now if you're by yourself. If you've got kids in the car, stop, stop the podcast. This is a warning. Um, this social worker sells what she describes as MILF-related content. I'm not going to use that word again. We'll leave it there. But for this content, Tilly, she makes between 8000 to £16,500 a month. That's more than five times her annual salary. I'm not sure about you, Tilly, but, you know, it's a little bit tempting, is it not? <laughs> I mean, if we were money-driven um, solely, then potentially. Um, I'm not sure there's a niche for me, I'll be honest. I'm not sure there's a niche. <laughs> no, probably best not to. Um, yeah, yeah, Definitely. I, not probably. This is a, probably. This is a Very thing. much best not this to. Is, no, don't. Just, just, it's not, just don't, don't. Don't just do don't, it. Just yeah, don't do going, it. I'm not going to. No. Um, or at least if you're going to, uh, stop being a social worker first. Um, very clearly cannot she do did. this. She did. She has. She's handed in it. She has yeah. handed in a yeah. registration. Yeah. And that's, and do you know what? Good for her. If that's what she wants to do and she's making money from it and she's happy, I'm all for it. I think sex work is work. Um, but yeah, very definitely not compatible being a social worker. Yeah. But it is, it isn't the first story we've run like this. We've run quite a few. And look, the overwhelming majority of people, refreshingly, and I say refreshingly because you expect people to go the other way, but the overwhelming majority of people support her. Um, and the support all it, it's it's always been women who've uh, who we've covered these stories. And I'm sure there are male social workers out there who've done the same, but um there have been the vast majority of comments on this that have always supported her. And like you say, good honor, this is a legal choice. This is her choice. It may not be my choice. And, you know, I may not, you know, think that it's something I would do or I may not advise my friends and family to do it, but this is her choice. And, you know, credit to her. If that's what she wants to do and she genuinely is as happy as she's making out and she's earned so much more money and she can provide for her children and she can provide for her horses, then why not, Tilly? 
Yeah, exactly. Our next story is from March, and it's the um, concern to death of Paul O'Grady. Uh, Paul O'Grady passed away in March at the age of 67. Those of you who aren't in England or the UK, I should say, may not know Paul O'Grady. He was very, very famous for his drag alter ego, Lily Savage, in the 80s. And then he went on to become a figure in his own sort of, you know, his own right, really, not but not using the, the stage act of Lily, but as himself as Paul. And he was a very, very liked figure, incredibly popular talk show, well-loved by everybody, and not a bad word to be said about him. And he spent his time in the 70s working as a social worker for Camden Council after moving from London to Birkenhead. And he's spoken about his work in the past and he'd said... um, he talked about stories of how if single mothers had to go to hospitals, he'd move in and looked after the kids so they didn't have to go into care. And I thought, what a wonderful model of social work that is today. We've lost that entirely, haven't we? We had, and it was kind of before the Children Act came in, so social work wasn't regulated in the way that it is now and has been since 1989 when the Act came in in the UK. But what a wonderful model that was that, well, actually, you know, your kids don't have to go into care. If you need to go into hospitals, no one to look after them we'll get a social worker to move in and do that job. Like, how have we lost that human touch that Paul O'Grady used to use when he was doing this job himself some 40-odd years ago? Yeah, it's a different world, isn't it? it is. um, I've had colleagues that have practised back in the sort of 70s, 80s before and, and hearing their stories about what it was like then to, and comparing it to now it's a completely different profession. You can't mm. even compare the two, really. Um, it was a lot less regular. It was a lot more, you just, you did what your heart you felt was did. right. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. you did. You didn't assess, you did. Exactly. It was very community focused. Yeah. You just got on with it, rolled your sleeves up. If someone needed childcare, you'd go in. If someone needed a food parcel or some yeah. shelves putting up or whatever it is, you'd just go and do it. You wouldn't have to go in and do a, a million risk assessments and assess it and then, outsource it um which yeah it's just different different world isn't it it's very very different and you know it's um i'm not sure if it's better we may be more regulated and look i'm not going to say all those changes haven't been positive when i've spoken to social workers like the ones you've mentioned who did practice that lack of regulation did sadly it could lead to abuse you know, there were mm-hmm. abuse scandals that weren't picked up. There were social workers who were able to get away with horrific abuses of themselves. People were often let down, you know, there was shoddy practice because there wasn't the oversight. So I'm not going to say we, we hark back to that old age and everything was brilliant then. But I am going to say that in becoming so regulated, yes, you may have gained, but you don't gain without loss. No, exactly. It's gone very much too far um, yes. in, in terms of doing 10 hours of paperwork to no. go out and get like a 20 quid food voucher or something exactly. when it's actually just easier. To, well, it's cheaper and easier if you just went out and did it. Those sorts of things are frustrating. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you. Let's the The old age social work wasn't all positive and as we no. know from the abuse scandals and and things that have come to light in later years it, it it wasn't good enough back then um let's move from one 
media figure to another, um, another social worker, but this is Sanam, Sanam Haranan, who was this year's winner of Love Island. For those who don't know what Love Island is, essentially you, uh, you get a collection of young and attractive men and women, you put them on an island together and you hope who hooks up, hope, hope, hope people hook up with one another, and at the end of it, the public vote for their favourite couple, Oh, it sounds so reductionist when I say it like that. So, <laughs> but it is, I suppose. What else is it? It is quite, you know, it is quite base, isn't it? But anyway, I'm winning this year with Sanam. Um, I didn't I didn't really watch much of it myself. I watched a little bit of it just to see if Sanam won or not, simply because she was a social worker. But um, yeah, she won the show. And in March this year, surprise, surprise, Tilly, she revealed that she may not be able to return to her job as a frontline social worker. But... I've got a bit of an exclusive here, Tilly. I did check on Social Work England's register and she has re-registered. She re-registered in time for the deadline at the end of November slash start of December. So she may have said that she might not be able to return, but she's still got a she's still got a finger in the professional pie. Yeah, I was very shocked to hear that she'd re-registered. But, I mean, I hope we hear some more from her, that she had a lot of plans when she finished Love Island to support children in care and in the fostering and adoption system. So let's hope she's able to do that in some form or another and use her public profile for good. Yeah, that's a very good point, actually, because a role like that, you know, it can attract people into social work because, you know, by all accounts from what I've read about on this small clips you've seen, she's a really, really lovely woman who, you know, very, really came across well and she's really sold the social work profession well. She carried herself with dignity and she carried herself with class, which isn't easy to say on a programme like Love Island. Um, let's move on to another story. So in the middle of this year, in May, June, we had a story came out. I mean, you covered this on the podcast, Tilly. Long-time listeners will remember this. A social worker was barred from our profession after it was discovered she was working two full-time jobs at the same time. Um, basically, what had happened is she had literally been working two full-time, nine-to-five, 40-hour-a-week jobs at the same time. When she was caught out for this, um, her excuse was, well, actually... I wasn't sure if I wanted to take a new job or not. So rather than just trust the interview process, I just take the risk like everybody else in the world has to do. She thought she'd, uh, you know, keep the old job while trying a new job. And if the new job went well, she would quit the old job. And if the new job wasn't that good, she would just quit before a probation period was out and return to the old job. I mean, sounds like the kind of excuse an abusive and cheating boyfriend would use to his girlfriend, is it not? Oh, well, you know, <laughs> well, you know, I didn't know whether the relationship was going to work out. So I thought I'd just try a new one out just to see what was best. But um, yeah, we covered this and we kind of had different views on it. I was a bit more lenient on it than you were. You were like, you know, strike her off. But I was I was thinking, give her a second chance. In the six months since, Tilly, has your view changed or do you still think this woman should be out of the profession with a clip behind her ear? <laughs> I'm still shocked by this story. It is um, wild. It, it, really it is. is. Um, I can't quite believe that she was able to do it and that she got away with it for quite Only a for while. Two weeks. Oh, two well, weeks. She got yeah, away with it for two still. weeks. But still, um, she managed, and it was only she was only caught out because someone overheard her on, exactly. the, on, a, on a phone call. Um, so she could have been doing it for ages um, if she wasn't caught. And I, I, I wonder whether she had been. Um, yeah, I still stand by the fact. I, I think that's a reason to strike someone out of the profession because it, it's fraud. You just can't do that. You're claiming two salaries and you're working exactly the same hours. Um, 
and how she ever was able to manage it. I know that she was in her induction period, but still the fact that she was able to squidge 40 hours of week into 20 hours of week, she must yeah. be superwoman. Well, I think it sets a danger. I think she's been made an example of because if she gets away with that, everyone will be trying it. And if everybody tries that, then it's not, you know, it's not going to take a leap of the imagination to to, to envisage a situation where a manager goes, well, actually, Sandra over there is working two full-time jobs and you can't even do one job. Oh, well, and then I'm going to refer you to Social Work England for not holding up with Sandra two jobs. Um, right. I don't think that's going to happen, Vince. I think I we can be that. pretty, pretty safe that that's yeah. not going going to happen i hope not and now our last story that we're going to cover another one that i picked out which i thought was a key story is um how in november this year we learned that diligent social workers notes helped to put an abusive man the abusive man in jail years after an assault um changes akatar was sentenced to two years in jail in sheffield crown court for assault causing actual bodily harm um these complaints came to light several years after the attack that he carried out on his then partner and a seven-year-old son. And even though it was several years later and being reported, the social work notes at the time helped place the the aspects together and provided the evidence that was helped to convict this domestic abuser. So I thought, what a wonderful story this was. And um, PC Knight, who was uh, from South Yorkshire Police, gave a comment at the time that the sentence was handed out. And he said, we were able to review social care records from around that time where social workers had noted in detail the level of injury they saw on the victim. And he thanked duty social workers at Rotherham Council for what he called their invaluable administration. Now, I loved this story at the time. And the reason I picked it up to remind us all again till he is, we can often see our case notes as getting in the way of social work. We can often see our time at computers as taking us away from meaningful work, but it shouldn't always be seen that way because ultimately that's the footprint of our practice. Those are the breadcrumbs that we leave behind us as we go about our duties. And in this situation, years later, somebody can look at those records and they can either be used in this situation to help convict an abuser or the vast majority of times they're used a child who was separate from their birth family can look back and help piece their life together and understand the decisions that were made on their behalf. Yeah, it's a really powerful reminder about the importance of mm. case recording. As much as we moan about it, it's essential. Um, and it's just part of the job. And I love that as well, that it's Rotherham Council, because for some reason, Rotherham is kind of become synonymous with the child sexual abuse scandal. Well, it's not for some reason. It is because it's it's where it, it happened and the reports that came out afterwards. So it's lovely that around the same time, despite that going on, um, there was good practice and social workers were valued. That is a very fair point, actually, because often entire local authorities, entire councils, entire areas can be stigmatised by what we see in the media as the worst of practice and the, the biggest of mistakes. But actually, in amongst that, you know, for all that's going wrong, the vast majority of professionals are dedicated, committed and putting in excellent work like this. And I think that's a very fair point, Tilly. A very fair point indeed. Um, so listeners, there's a, a professional catch up with me and Tilly personal catch-up between us as well. And there is our take on six of the most popular and interesting stories over the course of 2023. Just going to end on this one briefly, Tilly. Um, before you go off on your uh, 
on your uh, desert horses and uh, before you are replaced, not replaced, you know, your seat is kept warm by <laughs> your friend and mine, Matt B, over the course of the next two episodes whilst you're out there adventuring. Um, give me one of your New Year's resolutions. You may only have one, but give me, if you've got more than one, give me your top one. If you've already got one, share your New Year's resolution for 2024 with me. Well, I don't have specific New Year's resolutions because I always say that January is a terrible time to try and make life changes because it's such a miserable month, generally speaking. Not, not for you. Uh, not a miserable not, not, not for me. Not no, a miserable month I'm... for you, Captain, out there on your desert horse. Miserable <laughs> for those of us you've left behind. Yeah, I know. With January blues and everything, it, it's a hard month. So yeah. I suppose my New Year's resolution, if you can call it that, is just be kind to yourself and do what you enjoy doing. Um, and I think that's good advice for all of our listeners. And keep it up. Keep it up, okay? That's what's the newest resolution you have to stick to. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, what's yours then, Vince? Let's hear yours. To be myself. Nice. Just to be authentic. You know, there are many, many new years where I've come about and I've wanted to drive change and move things forward and make sudden changes in my life. But a lot of those things have been rooted in trying to be someone that I wasn't. So... My number one goal for this year, my resolution is to simply be myself and to do the thing that I know is right. I love it. That's a solid New Year's resolution to start with. We should end on that one. Well, listeners, as I said there, we will be back next week, but Matt B will be back for the next two shows. So uh, think of Tilly on those desert horses. Uh, we've given a meet with Matt B in person. Those shows will also be available to watch on youtube tilly have an excellent time listeners happy new year thank you for all of your support and listens and reviews and subscriptions throughout the course of 2023 we will see you next week tilly have an excellent time away on holiday until you're back again tilly it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from me